Our text this morning is the, uh, the Old Testament reading in Genesis 17. I uh, would like to bring you again to uh, verse 15 and a little of 16 also. As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. This is our text. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, when I was uh, young, I, you know, uh, high school, uh, undergraduate work, etc., I, I, I really kind of didn't like history. It was one of those things that, uh, I don't know, it felt a little boring to me. But uh, things have changed, I suppose. Um, see, the, the problem, though, for a lot of people is that history is, uh, well, it's old. <laughs> uh, it's a long time ago. Uh, I've heard my own kids say that things are different now, and uh, and so the, you know history uh, is very often irrelevant from now, and so people think sometimes. But what, one of the things that we miss an awful lot is that the the, the history that we have um, is formative. And, and by that I mean it, it, it changes the way things go through time until, you know, we are what we are because of what has been in the past. So, um, you know, how would you say, uh, how irrelevant would you say George Washington is? Well, I mean, you know, that's kind of a big deal. Lincoln, likewise. Uh, people uh, have, in many places, sort of forgotten Martin Luther, which is a major mistake. The world was mightily changed, not only in religion, but in many other things because of him. Uh, Chris Columbus happened about the same time. It changed the way the world thinks about things and the way the world has been uh, worked out, you might say, for human beings to, to sit on. I guess uh, what I would ask you to check for yourself is what would you be if, if none of those guys influenced your history? Because this is a, a, a pretty major thing. Um, this particular story uh, with, with Abraham is uh, it's in Genesis, of course, which puts it way back in past history in Scripture, in the Bible. Uh, uh, it's, it's about 4,000 years ago, roughly, give or take a little. And uh, Abraham is uh, hanging around in the land of Canaan at this point, has been for something near 25 years. And he has been despairing of, of a, a certain problem all through that time. He did not have an heir. Uh, and and uh, he and Sarah were unable to produce a child. And they were getting pretty old. Um, when we get to here, it says that Abraham, known at that particular moment, was 99 years old. He was called Abram, which you know means father of nations, or father of a nation. And then Sarah, it puts her at about 89, because she was 10 years 
younger than him, okay, so you know, it's a little difficult at that point in life to um, have children. Because your body just doesn't really work that way when you're 89 and 99. And, and so there they are. Uh, what chance could there be having heard what God has said? And this is not the first time he has said it. He said it in different ways a little bit. And so things have gone a little haywire here and there. Uh, but he says they're going to have a child. But how, how hard could that be? In their bodies, in, in their great age, in, the, in their history of barrenness. Um, but, but God promised. He, he promised him a son to, to him and Sarah. In the past, he said you'd have a son, you'd have an heir. But this time he says it outright. This son will be with you and Sarah. Uh, and there's a bunch of other promises here as well. This is just what has been happening to Abraham. Uh, a lot of things were happening to him, and there are a lot of promises made. Uh, but see, when you, when you look at the rest of the promises here in this particular text, they all look equally unlikely. Uh, you have him being the father of many nations. Um, but see, how, do you, how do you get to be the father of many nations when you don't have a place for yourself? You own nothing but what you can carry with you. You, uh, uh, you are a rather small bunch. Um, uh, well, maybe large by our standards, but he has no children still. And, and um, well, I mean, he's alone, essentially, to... Uh, become many nations is, is kind of a stunning promise for him. He also says that there will be kings that come from him. The Abraham must have thought that was seriously nuts because, well, I mean, if I told any of you that you were going to have kings descended from you, you'd probably scoff a bit. Yeah, I mean, this is just the, the, the way that kind of news comes in the oblivion. There's no explanation. But he says this is an everlasting covenant, a covenant being a contract, a promise, which means it's not going to end. So what would it matter to Abraham? I guess, you know, he has all these promises, but he doesn't have anything in hand yet. What would it matter? Uh, and and ultimately, it took 400 years for him just to get the, the many nations part. Um, what, what hope is there in him for that? He's never going to see it. Now, a, a year later, he ends up with Isaac. But um, out of that, he's supposed to end up with so much. Kings and nations and blessings. and It's all rather doubtful as it's connected to these things because nothing has happened yet. So what's it even to you even comes to mind? that all these promises are made. What's it to you as you sit here now, 4,000 years later, what's it matter that, that God made promises to Abraham? Well, you know these things are true. You know that uh, almost all of them have happened, but even still, so what? And a lot of people, I've heard this, you've probably heard it too, all these guys that wrote this stuff, there's a bunch of dead guys. 
So, I mean, how relevant is that? It's history, it's 4,000 years old, so what? So what? Did you notice, though, that there's one continuous thing all the way from the beginning, all the way to now, and promised all the way to the end? This is the same God. The same God that Abraham spoke to and lived with and walked with. The same God that Moses dealt with. The same God that David dealt with. The same God that all of the prophets dealt with. The same God that Jesus dealt with. The same one, even to this day, is your God. Old Testament, New Testament, they all had the same God. It's because there is only one. Someone well, would say that they believe this. Okay, so you believe this. But it's still a long time ago. So the next question's got to be, does, does the fact that this is an everlasting promise matter? An everlasting covenant, the one that goes for eternity, people are still descended from Abraham. And, and then there's more even for us. This, the thing about history is that it always affects you. Always. Whether it is noticed or not, uh, ancestry matters. Your teachers matter. Your, uh, your mistakes and all of the disasters that have happened around you, they all matter. They're all part of your history. A any moment of uh, exerted power, wars, and uh, changes of, of people that are in power, all of that matters. They form you. They make you what you are. And even if this is a long time ago, even then, the promise is eternal. And God sees to it not only that it applies to you, but also that you know that it applies to you. This is formative to your faith. This is how you are connected to him. These promises are not just for Abraham. They're everlasting, even up to now. The only question is, do you still believe God? And I, and I know that you do. But just how is it formative? Well, if you get to the New Testament, Paul says that Abraham matters because you have been adopted into this covenant. Everything that was promised Abraham is promised to you. With all of the other sinners who don't deserve it, we all have been patched in to Abraham the sinner and his son Isaac, the sinner, and Jacob, the sinner, and all of those people from there to here all adopted into this covenant, everyone who believes. God chose Abraham for his promises. And you, know, it, you can't see here because it doesn't say very much about Abraham, but Abraham didn't always do what he was supposed to do. Well, and we know this about him because he's human, but he made some pretty horrible mistakes from time to time. And, and, and they affected you also. Because you see what happens to him, and you see how God endures with him, and you see how that matters to you, because these promises are everlasting. And they matter now, even if they don't seem relevant, they matter, they're history, they're formative, he chose you too. Now, Abraham saw only a few of these promises fulfilled. The book of Hebrews said he saw it coming, but he didn't have it in his hand. He got Isaac, 
took him a year. Uh, actually, it had been 25 already, so one more, so what, right? Uh, and, and he waited, uh, and he did all kinds of things to make this happen that didn't work. Uh, and, and then finally, he has Isaac from his own marriage to Sarah after many, many, many barren years. A real miracle to him. It had to have been. Now, I, I, I would say this. Uh, a few of you are reaching up into the years that we're talking about here. Uh, how much of a gift do you think it would be if you were placed with a baby right now? <laughs> I can't think of anything that would be more terrifying. But Abraham had been waiting, and Abraham had the promise, and he and Sarah finally got Isaac. A miracle, a powerful thing, impossible really, but there was this thing that happened to them. And, and more so to us. But, but you, you can see the other promises come to fruition. You have, uh, by the time Moses shows up, Isaac had become more than a million people. Uh, Twelve different nations descended from the, the sons of Jacob. More than a million people coming out of Egypt released from bondage. According to the promise that God said to Abraham at one point, this land will be for your offspring. And, the, and he gave it to them. Again, long time ago history, 400 years for Abraham before this happens. But it was a promise of God, and he was believed, and he fulfilled it. Does that matter to you? Well, it should, because it means that God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises, and, 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 and in Jesus, you have been connected to these promises. God's people, after Abraham, they broke this covenant countless times, over and over and over again, but God never did. He always held. He never has let go. No matter how undeserved it is, his people are still his people all the way to now. And he has added in to Isaac the promise to you. When you hear, I will give you a son. Well, I'll put it like this. When I hear, I will give you a son. That means something to me. It just brings right to mind Christ. I will give you a son. Not only to Abraham, but not only to Isaac, and not only to the people of Israel, not only all the way to the end. This is, this is about you. It's way beyond Isaac. It's way beyond Jacob, David, even to Joseph and Mary, all the way to there. You get a son who is Jesus from Isaac. So you have promises fulfilled. Truly, from Isaac, through Jesus, there are many nations now, many peoples in the whole world. Billions are counted as children of Abraham. Christians. Because the covenant continues. It's everlasting. And all of us have been adopted into that same covenant to Abraham. Christ is the great offspring that was promised to Abraham, not only Isaac, but also Jesus. And, and they all 
uh, have become through Christ a blessing as God promised they would be to the whole world, to every nation, to all the peoples. And this has been true. He's done it through you. Or rather, he's still doing it through you. To you, to me, to the end of time, the promise continues. From Isaac to Jesus, to the cross, to the empty tomb, to you, to eternity. An everlasting promise. Such is God's promise from of old. Yes, it's history. Yes, it's a really long time ago. Yes, it seems like it doesn't matter to us, but all of that history has become your eternal hope. It has become your salvation. Because Jesus came from this promise. And from Jesus comes your salvation. And from Jesus comes your hope as we wait for the promise to be fulfilled ultimately when he comes. Your hope is not in vain. It is powerful because it's in the promise of God who never breaks a promise. It's in the promise of God who promised it was forever. It's like Abraham, you believe even the impossible promises. Because, you know, what's the chances of you rising from the dead? I mean, even uh, last week we see Abraham go up the mountain with Isaac, knowing that Isaac is the promise, and that promise is eternal. And so that even if he has to take the life of Isaac, he has the promise of Isaac's eternal covenant. He knew that Isaac would rise, even if he must die. Which we see in the Son of God. The fulfillment of the eternal promise, or at least the beginning of that fulfillment, is Christ, risen from the dead, to an unworthy heir like us, to an unworthy heir like Isaac or Abraham, and so much fulfilled. Everything is going to come to pass because you can see this in the promises that God never fails. It doesn't matter how difficult the appearance of things are, Christ is your salvation. Christ is your hope. Christ is the fulfillment of all your promises. There's this odd thing in uh, verse 2. Verse 2, I guess verse 1 and 2. This is uh, God talking when he first starts to talk to Abraham. He says, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. Uh, the Hebrew there is very odd. Uh, the God Almighty thing is El Shaddai. You've probably heard that before, El Shaddai. And, you know, usually it gets translated God Almighty, but it doesn't mean that exactly. El is God. That's real simple stuff. But the Shaddai thing is very different. Uh, you know, the evidence is almighty, but the word means destroyer, uh, break our things apart. Uh, it is God who destroys is what that says, which it seems a little counterproductive when you're making promises. But then he says, walk before me. And he doesn't say be blameless. He says, behold. Because I'm the one that breaks everything up. I'm the one that makes things not be anymore. But he says, be whole with me. Walk with me. Uh, because he will make it so. Not because he's wonderful, because he's clearly not. But because 
God chose him. And, and, he, and he says, I, uh, I will make my covenant with you. He didn't say we can make one together. He says, I, I'm going to give you a covenant. And, and all of that is for him to be whole. And he's whole to this day. He, he's with God. Same as you will be one of these days. You will rise with him and you will be with him. He gives his covenant to you. Who makes the promise? The God who is well able to take things apart in the same way that he put them together. He's the one who promised. He's the one who said, Abraham, be whole. By his constant covenant, which has been attached also to you. You also are a promised child of God. In all the things that Abraham was given, you have been grafted in. You have been adopted into the descendancy with Abraham. And all of this has happened in Jesus. In Jesus who has saved you. In Jesus who has been promised to you. In Jesus who has come. In Jesus who has given his life to take your sins away. In Jesus who has risen from the dead to make you whole. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.